0: This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 161. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the cocktail po- the podcast the cocktail Podcast that talks all about cocktails, about bartending, and about spirits. Well, I had an interesting day on Monday. We started out the day at Employees Only. There was a Marie Bizarre at a seminar and a little cocktail competition there, so that was fun at Employees Only. So uh, we learned all about their liqueurs. And uh, then I got behind the bar and there was a speed round competition, you had the free poor competition. It was kind of fun. I didn't win, but it was fun being behind the bar at that famous uh, employees only. It's great, great bar in lower Manhattan. Next one, even further downtown to the financial district area. And uh, there was a portfolio tasting by PM Spirits. And I tasted one of the most delicious tequilas I've ever had in my life. It was so good. I hope I'm remembering the right way to pronounce it. Punta seven-year-old extra Anejo tequila. It was Outrageous. We ordered some from my place because it was just so good. And the last stop of the evening was at Boilermaker with Souther Teague. Friend Souther Teague wrote a uh, new book. It's called I'm Just Here for the Drinks. And we're going to talk to Souther in just a minute. First, let's do a cocktail of the week. And, uh, well, the martinis are cocktail of the week this week. And that's for a few reasons. I recently did a, uh, at the club where I work, we did a James Bond theme party. So that was a lot of fun. My whole bar was made out of ice. It was really cool. We'll put a uh, picture of that up on the uh, bartenderjourney.net on the post that goes along with this show. And uh, it was really impressive looking. I'll just tell you, uh, if you ever happen to get an ice Sculpture bar. Make sure you have the uh, ice sculptor dig out a groove, you know, for where you're gonna place the drinks and where you're gonna make the drinks on both sides of the bar because they get slippery and it slides around. I tell you, it was very impressive looking, but uh, not easy to work on an ice bar. It also melts uh, unevenly, so like the, the drinks will start to slide one way or the other. Uh, you can put cocktail napkins down to hold things in place, but uh, that looks looks pretty ugly. But it has to be done anyway. So anyway, of course, for our James Bond-themed party, we had to do shaken vodka martinis, right? And uh, we also did the Vesper, which is mentioned in some of the books and movies, and the Americano. So uh, the Vesper is actually a good drink, a surprisingly good drink. It's made with one part. Vodka, one part gin and one part lalay and uh, we shook that up and served it neat. It was it was quite good. Uh, of course, we did the shaken vodka martinis, which you had to do, uh, being a James Bond themed party. But uh, you know, let's talk about the classic martini, how it's supposed to be made, right? I always say, why did James Bond order a vodka martini shaken not stirred? Because. That's the exception to the rule. If you just ordered a martini, it's a gin martini is the classic way to make it, and it's um, and it's stirred. A, a drink that is made with purely uh, all all liquor ingredients, no no fruit juice or anything else like that, is uh, should almost always be stirred. It's because to get the proper texture uh, you're when you're shaking a drink, you're adding air bubbles to it. And stirring the drink, you get this luscious uh, texture. It gets kind of viscous, actually. A, a little thick and uh, no air bubbles. So that's what you're looking for. You're also looking to dilute the drink. You're adding some water to it as you stir it. Um, a classic uh, experiment to try is to um, make a martini. Uh, well, the ingredients, proper, proper proportions of your and gin and vermouth, and just put that in the freezer until it gets real cold. Taste that; it's gonna not. That's not a martini. It's gonna be too strong, and uh, not taste very good. So, uh, part you know, we're doing two things when we're when we're stirring a drink or shaking. We're uh, diluting it and we're chilling it. Make sure you're using a good quality vermouth, uh, white vermouth, of course, for for a martini, and uh, it's, and make sure it's fresh because that stuff doesn't last forever. It's it's basically wine, uh, it's aromatized or, or um, yeah, it's aromatized wine is vermouth, and uh, so it, it doesn't last very long. I, I keep mine in the in the refrigerator overnight and in the cooler, and I use one of those vacuum bin. Um, Tops, so it sucks the air out. And uh, we will put a link up to that, too. That those things are really useful for, for vermouths and, and, and wines. It preserves the wines for a couple of days um, longer than if you just stick the cork in it. Most people these days, of course, uh, are not. They'll, they'll, most people are looking for a dry martini these days, unfortunately. But um, if with a good quality vermouth, it's uh, the classically made two to one, two parts gin to one part of vermouth. And uh, if you have a good vermouth, it's delicious. Of course, it's typically served with a uh, olive, with an olive, one large olive or three small. It's always uh, got to be an even, an odd number. An even number is bad luck. Uh, don't ask why, but it is. <laughs> I don't know the answer why. The glassware should, have sh- of course, be chilled. And uh, whether you keep your glasses in a freezer or a cooler or just uh, when you get the order, put some ice, fill it to the top with ice, and uh, then top it off with water to chill the glass while you make the drink, As you've got to have a chilled glass. Something you might want to try, we do it at the club where I work, we got little crafts, little glass crafts, they're five ounces, and uh, so I actually serve the drink, uh, especially when it's going out on the floor, I'll put the drink in the uh, small carafe and have the server pour it into the glass, uh, not all of it, pour uh, you know, about three quarters full of the glass, uh, make the glass about three quarters full and then leave what's left over in the carafe for the guests to help help themselves to the to the rest it's a nice point of service you know to pour it right at the at the table also the, you know the servers it, it sucks trying to carry those martini glasses around and everybody expects them to be filled all the way to the top so they get spilled and uh it's hard to you know even if you get it to the table on the tray without spilling it now you got to get it on the table and and the guest is no fun for the guest to drink it that way either you know so uh i think that's a nice thing to do i'll, I'll chill that carafe uh as well as the glass but uh, just something to think about you can try it. Uh, a few drops of orange mitters in there is actually delicious and then use an orange twist instead of uh, instead of uh, olives. that's that's a really good drink too. In the in Souther's book that I just mentioned, he has a section called uh, "How 007 Forever Ruined One of the Greatest Wor- One of the World's Classic Drinks." That's pretty funny, and uh, there's a whole page about that. And uh, you'll have to get the book and read about that, but it's pretty funny. He says <laughs> at the end of the at the end of the page, he says, "Finally, James Bond is a fictional character. Why are you ordering a drink created by a fake character? If you came to my bar and ordered a cocktail invented by Shrek, I'd be likely to show you the door." <laughs> All right, so of course, Souther's book, I'm Just Here for the Drinks, will be our book of the week, and we'll have a link up to that on bartrandandjourney.net. Let's talk to Souther.
1: Mr. Souther Tigg, how
2: are you tonight? I'm doing very well, Brian. Good to see you. How are you? I'm great.
1: This is your book launch event at Boilermaker here tonight. It's great to see you. Thank you. And uh, congratulations on your new book.
2: Yeah, man, thank you. The book's been out for two months, almost exactly. Two months uh, yesterday, um, but I've been so busy traveling around the country, and actually I went to London as well, promoting the book and doing book signings, this is the first opportunity I've had to do one in my own hometown. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty cool to be here. I'm seeing some familiar faces. Uh All the other spots I've gone to have been just totally packed full of strangers. So (laughs) this is a little bit more comfortable, I think.
1: Here we are at first and first in Manhattan. The nexus of the universe at Boilermaker. But what it, I love that address, first and first. Yeah, man. It's great. Easy so to remember. tell us about your book. I, have, I just got a copy of it just now. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to check it out. Oh,
2: wow. Thank you. Um, the book is called I'm Just Here for the Drinks. So as the title suggests, it's all about lawnmower repair. Um, oh, wait. That's not true at all. Um, <laughs> it's called I'm Just Here for the Drinks. I would say it's, it's three parts, three thirds, uh, all mixed together. And those thirds are uh, reference, uh, anecdote, and then recipes. Uh, So plenty of reference material to keep the nerds happy. Uh, Plenty of anecdotal material to keep you... Wait, who are you calling a nerd? Oh, myself. (laughs) For one, me. I'm a nerd. Me too. Um, so plenty of reference to keep the nerds happy. Plenty, of, but before it gets too boring for the average Joe, it's got plenty of anecdotal material about me, maybe going to the home uh, uh, origin of some of these spirits that I talk about, uh, and then it's got plenty of recipes to keep everybody busy. So
1: it's really good. And, and is it true you wrote the entire book on your phone, on your iPhone? iPhone
2: seven, one hundred percent true, with uh, with no external keyboard. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, I don't have a computer and. Um, Frankly, I'm a hunt and peck typer, so I, I actually text faster than I type. So right. it doesn't seem like that big a hurdle. I just downloaded uh, an app called Pages, and I wrote the entire book on that.
1: All right. Well, that, that's, that's just weird. Like, <laughs> you write a whole, whole book just on your phone. It's strange. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, it certainly made it mobile. You know, Any time I had an idea, I'd just pull out my phone and jot it down, and uh, then I could go back and flesh it out and, and talk to my editor about it and, and get, it in, get it into the pages.
1: All right. Well, here we are at Boilermaker and, and uh, all sponsored by Montenegro. Yeah, the night
2: is sponsored by Amaro Montenegro. They've been very generous to me throughout the book launch um, uh, in the Amaro section, which, of course, my book has to have an Amaro section. Um, uh, I feature uh, four different Amari with full-page full, full page photos and an in-depth dig, uh, and Montenegro is one of them because it's one of my favorites, and so they're being very generous to me because I shined a light on them in my book.
1: What, what is it about Amari that just, like, that
2: lights you up, man? I, that's... Uh, I mean, it's been a passion of mine for years. Obviously, at Amori Amargo, we've been open for seven and a half years. We have uh, the largest selection of uh, Amaro and tincture bitters in any one space in the world. Um, you know, I'm all about the brown bitter and stirred cocktail.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's and a, there are plenty it, of those in the book. How, how do you um, turn people on to uh, Amari that's, you know, Uh, It's 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 a little hard for most consumers, you know, to get into it.
2: Yeah, I think um, the consumer is ready, though. You know, Uh, the consumer, the savvy consumer is looking for yes, something unique and different, but they're also looking for, um, you know, I hate to say sophistication, but that's kind of what it is. It's it's elevating your palate. You know, stop leaning on sugar or juice as your crutch and and explore uh, Spiritus uh, potables from all over the world that have unique flavors and, and drive a different you know profile for the cocktails that you're making, or or to sip neat.
1: Right, right, right. Where do you get these glasses? You, you have <laughs> the most unique uh, eyeglasses that you, you see in this business.
2: Thanks. There's a weird story <laughs> about those two. Um, I've had them for two years. November will be two years I've had them. My first pair of glasses ever. I got them when I was 47, almost 48. I'll be almost 49. next Next month, I'll be 49. Um, I bought them at Crewe, K-R-E-W-E, in New Orleans. I was down there visiting uh, in November. Um, I kind of was, got a little buzz on and braved up to go in and get them because I, I didn't want glasses. Uh, I picked them out, I put them in a box, I brought them home to New York, and I went and got glass put in them. And then the first time I wore them, uh, one of my bartenders at Amore Margo, he just said, those glasses look great. He goes, uh, "Did anybody tell you they're bright red? <laughs> because I'm colorblind. So I didn't realize that my own glasses were bright red. I just like the, I like the very shape. Bright. I like the shape, and I like that I can see the arm inside the plastic. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. And now they've become the icon of my face. Like uh, Jill DeGraff, who's here tonight. She, she Is painted a, yeah, she painted a portrait of me wearing them, That's and. It. Um, I don't know. They've become my icon. And now, actually, the signature that I signed in my book, I sign with a black pen, and then I have a red pen where I do a little caricature of my glasses. That's awesome. Yeah, man.
1: Thank you. Well, thank you, man. I mean, it's, it's a pleasure. I can't wait to dive into the book and, awesome. and check it out. And uh, it's always a pleasure to see you, my friend. You as well, buddy. Thanks for taking some time to talk to me. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Thank you.
0: All right. There you go. Live from Boilermaker Bar, First Avenue and First Street in Manhattan. Hey, uh, I'm planning a trip to Europe in January, believe it or not. The private club where I work uh, is closed from after New Year's Eve. or closed for six weeks, so I'm going to take advantage and head over to Europe. And uh, I'm going to go to Ireland and Scotland and France and Italy. So if, if you ha- I'm trying to si- set up some uh, distillery tours. If, if you have a line on any of those, if you, if you have uh, any contacts, anybody I should get in touch with uh, to set up distillery tours, I'd love to hear from you. Give me, uh, give me an email over at brian at bartenderjourney.net. Uh, great eggs. I'm hoping to uh, record. I'll bring my gear with me and I'm hoping to record while I'm in Europe and share with you on the podcast uh, my adventures. Head over to bartenderjourney.net and uh, pick up Souther's book. I'm just here for the drinks and click through. The, well, I'll, I'll have some pictures up there too. Uh, I mentioned the ice bar, the 007 ice bar. And uh, I'll have a picture, I have a picture of me uh, behind the bar, employees only too, during that little cocktail competition for Marie Bazad. So, uh, hey, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast. Cheers.